It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Warchant TV begins right now. Great to be with you. As you can see, the three of us are not together in studio, but together here in the virtual world. Here we are, guys. It's good to be with you, as always. And before we get the show on the road, let's begin the discussion by saying thanks to Register Sausage. She's got to be happy to be associated, like all advertisers do, with anything we touch because the Knolls are 4-0, and this show is wildly popular, and that's a good thing. Yay, Sausage! Ira. Ira's muted. Ira, get get it together. Get it together. A little under the weather over here. (laughs) Um, Ben, the sausage guy, gets a little carried away on game day. I mean, I think these wins, I don't know, man. Like maybe they need to have like like a somebody sitting with him because he, uh, after the win the other night, puts out a new promo code for forty percent off after Florida State went four and zero. Okay, and uh, I'm not sure that the promo code still works, but it's worth a try, guys. It's for forty percent off. Registermeets.com. He uh the promo code was uh Knowles in OT. N-O-L-E-S in OT was a promo code. He also had a like a quick free sampler pack for anybody, the first five people that uh tweeted investment banker for the place kicker. And uh oh, that was our, all right. That's, I was wondering what that gone. meant. I forgot the guy was gonna be an investment banker. Okay, yeah, I got so. you. He's got he's got a nice career in that. Maybe not yeah place kicking we'll see how that goes for him but uh yeah uh, registermeets.com is the website try the promo code we'll see if it still works uh and uh if, if they don't have it it's still worth it get your uh, register sausage i'm gonna say ira you took a nosedive from yesterday to today yeah. man what happened last night were you just sitting Quick. around all of a sudden and i mean you sound terrible buddy yeah i don't feel a whole lot better than that Cor- or uh, jeff in fact uh but i got it out of practice try to keep my distance from everybody <laughs> Smart. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I, we'll see about practice tomorrow. That might be a – Ira might miss uh, – This looks Wednesday like it's practice. spiraling out of control. I'm a little concerned for Ira over here, Corey. Hey, Ira, we appreciate that you, 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 you're you fighting through it, though, man, because you sound horrible. Well, I, you sound horrendous. How, how do I look, though? How do I you look? You look though? great. You always oh, okay. look great. That always look great. For yeah, sure, for you look, sure. You for look sure. great. Corey, I noticed at the start of the show here in the chat that the overwhelming sentiment is not uh, concerned for why Ira's under the weather or why we're all in our individual abodes doing the right. show instead of in studio, but rather, will that Welch and ass Corey Clark say our number two today has been the predominant yeah. sentiment and, here? And I have a I have a counter offer to that. I'm I'm happy to do it. Because I do, I'm almost positive I did say I would do that if they went 4-0 in September. I think I owe that to the world. But I think it would be, since they don't play this week anyway, I think we should hold it over till next week when we're all in studio. I think it would sound better in studio. I think it would mean more in studio. I'm and actually, I promise, this is the first time you're welching on something and it makes sense. I, yeah. I would I would give you this one. I feel like I'm shortchanging the folks if I do it with the, with, you know, with the headset on from my, from my, you know, one of my guest bedrooms. My office, I should say. We, we, but you know we, what I mean. Could do it both weeks. It's an option. Ira, come on now, come on. You're you're, uh, you're not you're not thinking straight. What do you think, Jeff? You want to roll with that next week? I'll give him a pass. I do think right. we should be in studio. Um, it, it would sound better, and yeah. I like to see it because it's strained and it's 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 difficult, and I, I mm. love it. 
So Fire, you'd get to feel it. You'd be get to reverberate uh, around the studio. Yeah, people get to see my reaction to your greatness. Yeah, right. So that would be cool. Um, real quick, also in the chat, a lot of people throwing shade at me for uh, for Aslan and I's driving trip back, which we also had a question about. And I was going to save this for the second hour. You maybe you might not be here in the second hour. That's so you I need to get so- it out of the get it out of the gate. I mean, what in the world? Of all people, okay, I didn't say a word when Aslan and I took trips over the last month or two, Uh-oh. and he had to take two-hour breakfasts. It, wherever we are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's coming up that day. My man, breakfast is his meal. Corey, you've heard him say it before. Yep. And it's like, dude, it's a we have to stop for a full, like a full-course breakfast. Anytime, wherever we are, we'll, we have to, if we have to drive 25 minutes across town, he's got to get his breakfast. Okay. Did you hear me complain about that? Did well, I say you, you did to me silently? No, on, on air, on a no, podcast, on a show. Not. So for him to come out at me on your guys' show Monday for our drive back home. And then also, let me clarify. So what happened on Saturday at the game? Was they provided us what, Corey? What I, I wanted to say, like people might not listen to this show, and I want to give some context. Aslan tell, said, tell, "Tell Aslan, tell her what Aslan said." Aslan said on the drive home from Clemson because he and I, he and I were drove together. That he he asked me, "How many times do you think you would stop on a drive from Clemson to Tallahassee?" And I said, "Well, probably twice. I would stop for gas and food on one stop, and then I drink a lot of water, so maybe one or two more times just to pee at a rest area." But Ira, as we all know. Hates rest areas, so that's not an option. And he goes, we stopped five times. And he goes, the first time we stopped, uh, Ira only put in $15 of gas. <laughs> so so we had to explain, stop I, again I, an hour later to fill up gas again. That that was that was the context. So here's the situation. We're trying to get out of Clemson, okay? And Aslan, again, this started off on the wrong foot because usually <laughs> I want to kind of wait to get out of that press box because that traffic's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, right? So – but he wanted to get he wanted to get on the road. So I'm like, okay, we'll do it. We'll get on the road. So we get on the road. But the problem was we were almost out of gas. We were almost out of gas on the way in. But we wanted to get to the stadium, so we waited till afterwards. As we're driving out of town, I see a gas station. After we we've got according to the thing, we got like 20 miles of gas less left. So I stop at a place to get gas. But I knew he wanted to get back on the road, and I knew he wanted to get to a place where he could upload stuff on the internet. So I just got enough gas so that we wouldn't run out of gas. And then we got back on the road. Well, then we stopped to eat and, or we, excuse me, we stopped so he can upload his videos, which again, if we had just stayed at Clemson, he could have <laughs> uploaded them at right. the stadium with the Wi-Fi yeah. there. But no, we, we wouldn't do it from the road. So we, we pull over and he wants to eat at Chick-fil-A. It's like 530, right? We had just eaten, we had just eaten at halftime. They had hamburgers and hot dogs at halftime of the game. Very nice of you, Clemson. Thanks for being here. Well, you said us. we did. I don't think Aslan did. Well, that's his problem. Well, no, I know, but he was so on then, the field, so that's so what I'm explaining. No, they provide food for the photographers, man. They All do. Right. They provide food hey, for the this photographers. This seems like almost like a well, uh, a, a, a two-way conversation between you and Aslan. So then, but except, except he had it one way on your guys' show. So then, but when we stopped, I didn't want to eat. So oh, I did right. eat. Yeah. And then two hours later, I'm like, hey, man, I need to eat. And he's like, well, it's already 8.30. You're going to eat again? I'm like, I didn't eat at 5. And we still are going to be driving until 1 in the morning. See, guys, let me just tell you, these kinds of problems don't happen when, when Jeff Cameron's driving. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're fine. We're rolling on Big River. Ira and I drove together oh, to yeah. and from Atlanta. How many, times did, I make, how many times did I make you stop? How many times did I make you stop? I don't think you ever did. No. Oh, oh. No, not one time. It was work-related. 
And again, he's the one that didn't eat a game and needed to stop and eat. All right, I'm moving on. I, it doesn't sound like it. It's fine though. I know you don't feel good either. So it's it's the it's the worst of both worlds. I I will just tell you that uh, you hop in me. It's all business, baby. We're getting to where we need to be in a hurry, and I will stop accordingly. There well, is, it's in also, the la- by the way, discussed ahead of time. Right. I don't want any surprises. Well, here's the last the last thing that the reason I got irritated with the last thing when he looked at me like I was crazy because I wanted to eat something. By the way, he got food too. But the thing that bothered me was like, what are we getting home to? We're either going to get home at 1245 or we're going to get home at one. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Tinder, Tinder was rocking at one in the morning in Tallahassee. I don't know. But uh, that is that's good stuff. Man. All right. Man. Okay. We got Let's it all out. Everybody good? Yep. Everybody good? On with right, the- Hey, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. I drove Everybody with Shannon. Our- Scott, keep making that mistake. Yeah, I drove with Stephanie and Brady uh, back from Clemson. Took us an hour and a half. It was perfect. No stops. Just rolled on. Rolled rolled to the house. It was great. Yeah. I uh, I just maintained uh, my spot on the couch here at home. What it a was, day, huh? It was it was quite a day. A lot of football. A lot mm. of football. Let's talk about the one that, uh, that Florida State played, the game that Florida State played. And, and kind of take uh, take stock. First of all, let me just say this. Since Ira soldiered through and was at football practice today, anything for you for us to know? Um, you know, I think the, the thing that Norvell talked about, Corey wrote about it, it's on the website. Um, just, you know, basically when they got back Sunday night, he was impressed by the team, the way they responded. When they got back to, uh, to Tallahassee Sunday, they, you know, had their meetings, guys were focused. Nobody feels great. I mean, they feel good about being 4-0, but it's not like they feel like they've accomplished anything. They know last year they started off 4-0. Not quite the same 4-0, but they were 4-0 and uh, lost three straight games. So he wanted to see that focus, and they saw they had it. And I thought today was pretty good practice. Um, one a couple, one interesting thing from like the 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11. And, and 11. Now I don't know if it's because maybe Virginia Tech plays a lot more zone and um, maybe a little bit softer coverage, but they were working a lot on underneath passing game. Uh, which I'm sure will please some people. But again, I don't know if that's a direction or if that's just kind of maybe looking ahead to what Virginia Tech does. Be curious to see as they continue to build. Hopefully they get some guys back, they get healthy. I'm going to be curious to see if they, we, we get any personnel moves down the line. Um, a lot to, to kind of unpack here as they go forward with their season. And it's weird. It's fun to be able to unpack it as they're 4-0. and and, and yet we get this sense, all of us do, and I think he does too, that they're not even close to playing their best football. I mean, it's, it's strange to be 4-0 and to have those two very significant wins and really not have put together a, a full game. It's, it's hard to imagine. We could never have guessed that before the season, that they would go 4-0, win those two games. Those are significant wins. They matter. It's a big deal to beat Clemson at Clemson, et cetera. And, and yet we know they haven't played all that well. It's fascinating. I think their best football is in front of them if they can figure it out. Well, and honestly, that's why I don't want to do the hour number two is because I don't think they've earned it. They haven't played well enough. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to right the ship here. No, what I think that's what's so encouraging for Florida State fans, right, is in everybody, is that this team can be so much better than they've been. And they're already pretty darn good. Like average teams that play average. I don't even think Florida State played all that well, especially no, on offense. Didn't against Clemson, they don't you don't go in and to Clemson and beat Clemson with a C game. And if you do do that, holy moly, you must be really good when you're firing it uh, on all cylinders, when you're playing at peak efficiency. And I think that's what you see in this team is I, I am more encouraged, weirdly, 
they played great against LSU in the second half, and they blew them out. That was great. Not playing great at Clemson in that environment and still winning almost encourages me more because it makes me think, okay, they can go beat anybody in the country. They can go win a national championship. They're that good. If they can play a C game in Death Valley and win, they're that good to go win a national championship. They got to get better, clearly, but the talent is there. Well, what's perplexing, though, and Ira, I'll swing to you here. I, 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 what I find fascinating is, okay, that is a good way to look at it. That is a glass is half full way to look at the season up to this point. How could you not? They are 4-0. They are in the right. top five. They, uh, they, they did beat Clemson on the road. They did end the losing streak. They did beat LSU's ass. I think the, other, the hand-wringing side of it would be, man, they haven't looked good since the second half against LSU. Not completely. And it feels like there are some really unanswered questions and concerns, developing concerns as we go along that lead people to think, well, I'm really excited we're 4-0, but I'm a little concerned that they're not going to continue to win games if they look like this. It's just the weirdest dichotomy. I can't remember a 4-0 start that I would dissect and say is, is filled with really high highs of beating really good teams, and yet I don't feel great about this team. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just we've created some expectations that probably aren't reality. I mean, in college football, and I'm not making excuses for them, but, I mean, again, you watch these other teams and nobody else looks lights out every time they play. And so, you know, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine USC feels great about the way they looked against Arizona State. Arizona State stinks, and, for, and USC was in a dogfight with them for most of that game. Um, you know, yeah, I just think it's a – it's a good place when you have room to grow. Um, and I don't think the, the issues are like guys not giving good effort. I don't think the issues are not effort. It's not effort. It's not like stupid penalties after plays. It's not sloppiness. It's, it's some of it is, uh, just not playing as well as they could possibly play. But I think, you know, again, those stretches to me are give you a lot of promise because they have had stretches basically, um, in every game. I mean, the, the Boston College, to start off with the way they started off and then get a 31-10 lead, they played great during that stretch. This game, the second half, the way the defense played, um, you know, LSU, we already talked about in the second half, and then about Southern Miss, basically, you know, for most of that game, they dominated 163-10. to 10. I mean, you could, you know, whatever, it's still 63 to whatever it was. 66, buddy. 66? All yeah, right. Yeah, 66. And so um, – you know, I mean, again, I mean, I think it's partly because we see this accumulation of talent, and I think some of it in a couple of positions, I think we maybe thought more than what they're getting out of certain guys. You know, a couple of these transfers that I think, you know, for example, Jeremiah Byers is the kind of topic of the week. You know, people assumed he was going to step in and be like their best offensive tackle, and that hasn't happened. Um we'll see how that develops. But, you know, if you get Robert Scott back, then that changes some things. And then also I think, you know, defensively, you'll, Akeem Dent might be a bigger loss than we thought. And I think, you know, there's a good chance he'll be back pretty soon. And then if Jordan gets healthy, which I think he's got a good chance to get closer to hundred percent here soon. Well, now, you know, you've got the team you think you have, and then it just comes up to being consistent. And we don't, don't we think it's not a coincidence guys. I mean, you know, the offense just hasn't looked the same since Jordan got hurt. I don't think that's a coincidence. They had scored on whatever they had scored, 15 of 18 possessions or whatever it had been before he got hurt. And then since then, it's been a struggle because they can't run the ball. Well, they can't run the ball because 
and that that's not great. You, they, there's a lot of teams that can run the ball even if they don't have a mobile quarterback. But I think with this running game, the way they block it, um, the way they expect to utilize their quarterback, when you know he's not going to pull the ball, it changes everything. Well, if you get him healthy, even if it's just for two runs a half, it opens up everything, and they look like they did against LSU, in my opinion. Now, they got to get better. They got they might might have to make some personnel changes. Uh, but overall, man, you, you look at those two weapons on the outside. You've got a beast at tight end. I thought Trey Benson looked as good as he's looked all season in that game. They didn't just didn't run him because what was the point? Um, and I think other guys will get better. Rodney Hill's going to be better. Destin Hill is on the team. I promise you, folks, he is on the team. He practices. He catches balls in practice. They will figure out a way to get this thing going because I trust in that coaching staff that they will. Um, yeah, the, but, the, again, there's the a look, lot of room for improvement, which yeah, the when you're on Mike's, the show, that's a good thing. The look on Mike's face says it all to me, though. Several times in that game, he's got to be proud of how hard they've worked and how tough they are mentally, and they're finding ways to win these games. But he's also got to be so frustrated because this is nothing like the offense he wants to run. It's nothing like it. You watch; they can't run the ball, Corey. And they, well, and they, I also don't think um, his offense also isn't. Let's just throw it up to two. Correct. It's out never wide. been his offense. That's it's never but, been his offense. But in that game, because the, the, the I don't think the quarterback trusted that he could read the field and go to third and fourth progressions. It did become just a hey, let's toss it up to our good players, and they're going to go make <laughs> plays. Now it didn't work for a large stretch of the second half, um, but they did win the game that way. And now they get to reset. They get a week off, oh, there's no and they get to reset and figure oh. out what they what they want to do with that offense. Because it would be dumb not to throw the ball to Keon and Johnny a lot. No, and I think, that would be dumb. Yeah. But you have other weapons that you can use too. Well, I think Keon. I mean, I think you you made a really good point there. I mean, a lot of times the deeper ball is going to be your first read, and so and knowing that Clemson was bringing as much pressure as they were bringing, and knowing that the offensive line was having some issues Struggling. dealing with that pressure. You know, it, it would stand a reason that, like, am I going to turn down this one-on-one with this these two receivers that are awesome to wait and hold on and hope that this protection can stay there so these other things can develop is a fair question. The other thing is, I think some of those passes would have been there if he made better passes. He didn't make some good passes. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, he he could throw the ball better than he did uh, during that stretch. And I, I think a lot that, of it is he's fallen backwards right? because he's he's protected himself. Well, and, I, I, and he's had some accuracy issues on the deep ball this year that he hasn't had before. So I think this is interesting. Clearly, there's something off, and I think it's probably the injury, obviously, and that could affect a lot of things, including your psyche, which is what you're talking about here. But he will not run. All the times you see him roll out to his right, and he's got eight yards if he wants it. Instead, he throws the extremely difficult pass while going to, towards the out-of-bounds slide. It, it, it's like – that is not who he is. It's not who he's been in the past. So that is all the evidence you need that says there's he's hurt more than we realized or else he would take those yards. There's no way he wouldn't. He did in the past. Yeah. So yeah. it's very strange to watch it, but it is hurting this offense. And so they've got to get him healthy because they cannot run traditionally right now. They can't. Well, um, they could and, and against Clemson. That's a good point. They couldn't against Clemson. If they well, can't I mean, run they against, they won't Virginia. be able to against good defenses. If he well, right, run. but that ha- nobody can run against Florida State either. Like good defenses have a t- know, tendency. A if then, I mean, they still have to be able to run the ball. No, I. I but I'm saying, like, they're number one. They won't play another defense like that. Miami, maybe, <sighs> and maybe I don't think Florida's great, but maybe um, at the end of the year. But 
I don't want to judge the entire offense about not moving the ball well against Clemson because I think that Clemson defense is very, very good. I think, I think they're be better than they were last year somehow. I think both can be true. I, we, we've talked a little bit about the problems running the football long before this yeah, game. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, it wasn't just this game. But that wasn't a surprise with Jordan Travis not being healthy that they could not run the ball. Well, that's I, I, that, that didn't surprise me anyway. Well, um, yeah, once it was evident they weren't going to run him or he wasn't going to run or both, then yes, it, it becomes a nearly impossible. Um, and, I, and I think, and that was the right decision. I mean, you know, yeah. getting, extending a drive here or there or, you know, picking up a first down, whatever, at the expense of Jordan Travis maybe getting pummeled probably didn't make sense for this team and for the long, long term for this team. Yeah. No. yeah, and I mean, so I, I think, <clears throat> again, we can say it, especially because they they won the game. They went four and zero. Just like defensively, you know, one of the things that everybody's kind of complained about is how much they rotate, how much you know, how many they're playing these second team guys so much early in games. And again, like the it's not just about being good in September; it's about being good in November and December, and like keeping these guys as fresh as possible. Now you don't want to lose a game by doing that, but they didn't. You know, they they found a way to win these games. So. You know, if they can do that, if they can continue to win and also continue to share reps and get Jordan healthy and get, you know, keep them back and all that, then you may see them look closer to what we thought they were going to look They've like. They've also been uh, really good, uh, for the most part, in the fourth quarter of games defensively. Like, really good. And yeah. that subbing in the second quarter, right? maybe it comes up, it comes to fruition in the fourth quarter. It kind of reminds me of when Leonard's starting five would have a 12 to two lead. And then he brings in the bomb squad or whatever they call them. The green, the green, what did they call them? I think it was bomb squad. Bomb squad. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the lead dwindles a little bit, but in the, in the final five minutes of a game, if Trent Forrest has only played 22 minutes and your starting point guard has played 35, well, you're in trouble. And I think that's maybe they're thinking there is a fresher Jared verse or Fabian Lovett or Braden Fisk. You're not going to be able to block those guys. And they weren't, um, and yeah, so I, I guess that's the thinking. Uh, and yeah, man, they have a lot of warts. But to Ira's point, who doesn't? Who doesn't? They're, you can't point to a team that says they're absolutely the best team in the country and they're playing awesome. It's a great win for Ohio State. Great. They had one touchdown in the first 59 minutes and 59 seconds of that game. And I don't think Notre Dame's the Chicago 85 Chicago Bears. They might beat the 2023 Chicago Bears because that's the worst football team in the country. But so every Texas struggled with Wyoming. They were 10, 10 in the fourth quarter. Georgia has played one power five team all year. They were down 14 to three at half to that team. Everybody has issues. The good news is we don't think this team has come close to playing a full 60 minutes, but when they do play well, 38 to three against LSU, 28 to nothing against Boston college, finish the game on a 24, seven run against Clemson at Clemson. They, when they put it together, I think they're the best team in the country. It's fun to watch because they they can be so much better. I, I yeah. agree with it. I, but they have great good. stretches in all these games. But it's weird. They just don't do it collectively for 60 minutes. It's very rare you have a team that's 4-0 with the significance of these two wins and yet yeah. have plenty of concerns. It's just yeah. very rare. But it's that like gets weird... you, I think that gets you more excited than concerned to me. Yeah. Well, it depends I, I, depends I, on how you look yeah. at it, buddy. And, yeah. then, you know, the other thing I would say, though, is, is you know, Norvell today didn't he gave credit to Clemson's defensive front, which he should. Yeah. That is a very good defensive front. But he also said, you know, we we he kind of put it on the offensive line. He said there were some situations where he took false steps and made some mistakes that created opportunities for Clemson's defensive front. And again, that changes so much. I mean, if you get four or five yards on some of those runs, and in the past they maybe they'll get seven or eight or more. Um, it just changes the complexion. Of the, and now you're not having to throw on third and eleven every time. So yes. Didn't love the play calling. 
didn't love all the decisions that maybe Jordan made or, or, or they made in the passing game. But, you know, again, they, they scored 30, 31 points at Clemson. Zero, and zero turnovers. Yeah, zero turnovers. And we, we got plenty of time. We got to take a break here in a second. Uh, one thing I would say, Mike's probably mad at himself too because all those pre-snap penalties for, for illegal formations are on him. That can't yeah. continue. It happens every week. It's ridiculous. Four men, five men in the backfield, five men in the back. How many times are we going to watch that penalty happen? It's nuts. No and false that- starts, though. <laughs> it's true. So take what you can get. It's one or the other, <laughs> big dog. It's one or the other. Seminole headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun at my bookie. NFL college football and a brand new cash out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join us at my bookie for an entire season filled with daily odd boosts, same game parlays and huge prize pool contests. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's WARCHANT to claim your own cash bonus now. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for WarChant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Welcome back, Seminal Headlines. Actually, Matthew, Director Matthew, back in studios. If you would, post uh, again the uh, uh, advertisement for tonight's event at Hotel Indigo so I can tell the radio audience about it. If you're out and about driving around, Tom and myself will be there. It's a Q&A and um, should be fun for that first hour. And then afterwards, the players will be there. And those players are Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and Keon Coleman. It is called Party with a Purpose. And all proceeds go to charity. That is a very good thing. In fact, it goes to the Children's Home Society of Florida. Every penny goes to the Children's Home Society of Florida. Tickets are just $40. It's limited in terms of the amount of tickets. It is tonight, beginning at 6 p.m. They will have a buffet dinner, a full cash bar, and uh, a lot of football talk with myself and Tom Lang, as well as uh, you guys get the opportunity to take some pictures with the players. That's the real draw there. Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and Keon Coleman will be there tonight. It's at 6 o'clock at Hotel Indigo, benefiting the Children's Home Society. So, there you go. We'll continue to remind you of that, but it should be a should be a lot of fun. Ira, what did you think was the weirdest part of the post game in Clemson, other than the way they make us do it in a in a tunnel by a trash can? There was one question in particular to Keon Coleman that I thought was really bizarre. Do you remember it? And I'm not talking about what you did. <clears throat> um, yeah. Sorry um, to put that on the spot. Put you on the spot like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember, man. The guy, I don't know who it was. He asked him, what's the deal with, uh, the Allen Iverson chain? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which, so Keon has a gold chain that has a number four on it. And then he has another like medallion with a picture of someone posing in it. Number one, Iverson wore number three. And there yeah. was nothing at all that looked like Allen Iverson on Keon Coleman's chest at all. So, somebody asked him, hey, what's the deal with you and Allen Iverson? Because Keon it, did play basketball. It, stemmed, it started in the press box because when he was in pregame warm-ups, you saw the big medallion. Oh. So a couple of the reporters were u- using their binoculars to try to figure out what it was. And I guess somebody thought it looked like Allen Iverson. I don't know. turns out Thanks. it was his cousin uh, who's he passed, passed away. away. It's, yeah. and it's, a, it's a memento of him. So, yeah, that was – 
There was a couple. There was another one too. Um, oh, you know what the weirdest press conference was? The poor, the poor kicker for Clemson. If uh, <laughs> they brought, I mean, I'll give the kid credit. He came out and talked to their media, and that press like he talks for like five minutes. And I don't know why they. I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know. I guess they wanted to talk to him about the whole situation, but he just missed a. He's only kicked two kicks in his career. Yeah, and he missed one. Pretty but big anyway, one too. It turned out pretty big miss. And the, it was a chip shot. There was a lady reporter, like a television reporter, asking questions, and I think maybe like it was like she had all these questions set up in case he won the game or like it worked out right. well, and she just kept hitting him with questions about like, do you think you've inspired the rest of the team with the way you've been able to? And it was just, I don't know, man. It was great. I felt so bad for this. I wanted to want to come through the and like just give him a hug, but uh, <laughs> but that was that that when you start talking about weird, that was the. That that's the first thing that came to my mind. Oh uh, well, that's a weird one too. But yeah, it turns out it wasn't preordained. It wasn't a Hollywood moment. Yeah. Uh, it was reality. Corey, I thought of you because you brought that angle up all week long. Yeah. I know how could you not? It's a weird yeah. story. It's an interesting story. But the reason I thought of you is that I knew, just as we all did, and as you were mockishly pointing out during the week, we all knew what the announcers were going to do if this kid trotted out there to kick a field goal. And they did exactly what you thought they would do. And I almost texted you because Sean McDonough was about to cry. He was so happy that this kid was going to get to attempt this field goal. And he couldn't talk about, uh, he couldn't say it a number of different ways uh, or more different ways than what a story, how incredible this could be. And now he sits just 30 yards away from perhaps clinching the game for Clemson. And in my head, I'm thinking, dude's going to miss this. (laughs) It's going to miss this. Well, I think McDonough McDonough seems so uh, cynical to me that I think he was probably trying to jinx him. Like he probably was like, I don't want to do this. I I, I hope, but I also think he wanted to be able to do the over the top thing and talk about how awesome it was and how Cinderella it was. And when the kid missed it, I just laughed. I just cracked up. I was like, well, now, won't it be something if not only does he miss this kick that could have just cemented the game, but what if Clemson goes on to lose this game? And alas, yeah. they did. They and did. so that kid, who I feel bad for, I suppose, he has to sit there and talk to this lady about, uh, you know, do, did he inspire the team? No, man. You didn't. He's got to be like, uh, no, I cost the team the game. Yeah, I just lost <laughs> these guys that I don't even know. I haven't practiced with them for two months. <laughs> I just came in and missed a 30-yard field goal that probably half the guys on this team would have made. Yeah. It's uh, the weirdest thing. Sometimes we do this in media. Like, something's a, a unique story or a different story, and, like, we'll turn it into, oh, this is an amazing or great story. And, I mean, this is a weird story. I mean, this is – it's like, why are we celebrating this? He – this kid left the team because he didn't think he had a chance to win the job. So he had the eligibility left. He quits the team and leaves. The other kicker starts off one and four, and instead of working with him – they just fired him yeah. and they brought a kid off the street and gave him the job without even practicing. Yeah. And even after the game, Dabo asked, so is, is, is this guy still the kicker? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's our guy. What happened to the other guy? It was just <laughs> weird. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, did you I mean, kill I, the other kicker? Is the kid, I, he's not even on the team anymore. Is he Dabo? You sent him to yeah. New York instead. It would, uh, it, what was funny though about McDonough that I do like about him is he, he did, um, he did say, look, this looks like a Hollywood story. It's a Hollywood ending. Oh, yeah, the writers are on strike. Yeah. I mean, that's a good line after the kid just missed what would have been a Hollywood ending. Um, it, it maybe it plays out line. differently. Maybe Florida State goes and scores there if they they call different plays if 
they're down by three as opposed to in a tie game where they know they have overtime waiting for them. But, uh, yeah, it was a big miss. It's a big miss. And a big make by Fitzmagic. Yeah. 48, well, 48 yards like that to tie up the game. That's a big make. Well, Aaron, the big difference here in the chat between that and the transfer portal is if a kid transfers in, he practices with your team all through the fall camp, and you can assess whether or not he's any good. And, you know, from there, obviously, he's part of everything you're doing, and he would have kicked in all of the games prior to this one. So you would have had a much better sense. So that is a big difference between that and the transfer portal. It is, but it, it would have been, obviously, clearly, a, an incredible story if this kid came off the street and kicked a game winner against Florida State. But would have been. Didn't happen, did it? Didn't yeah, happen. And I think the bigger story is why in the hell is Clemson in that position? Like the yeah. questions of Dabo ought to be bountiful uh, this week because of any number of bizarre decisions, including how the hell do we go into the season in this situation with this guy? Why is this guy kicking in the biggest game we play all year long? Well, do you remember? Oh, and also like they talked about the kicker they did have before the Duke game. Like, oh, he can make it from 63 yards. He's got a huge leg. And then he shanks a 21-yarder and then starts missing extra points. Uh, so, yeah, they they built him up a little bit too much. But, hey, again, we don't feel bad for him, do we? We don't no. feel bad for him. No, I'm just glad that the the kind of the silliness that uh, kind of follows Dabo around or that he engages in caught up with him. Well, and like I said, I said this during the summer, you know, just talking to some of the media up there, they were kind of – one of the – one media member that doesn't cover Florida State said to me before the game, he's like, how do you feel about the game? And I said, I think Florida State's – Got a good chance to win as long as they play well. And they didn't play well and they still won. And but this is before the game, and he goes, he goes, man, I really hope they they I hope they take care of it. I hope they they I'm so tired of Dabo. I'm so tired of Dabo. And he brought up the two hours he waits for press conferences. So after the game, Corey and I, we go to do interviews. We have to get down to the field to the corner of the end zone where they do interviews. We do the interviews. Then you know, Aslan's putting up videos, getting getting stuff on the on the website. Then we go out onto the field and do the rap, but like, we're a little bit concerned because they put Dabo's press conference up on the team on the big screen in the, right. in the stadium. So we're like, that's probably going to come on when we're doing the rap. We finished the rap, which was another 15 minutes. I walk all the way back up around, go up to the stadium, get in the press box. And as soon as I get in the press box, Dabo comes on with his press conference. I mean, it, it had to be had over to be an hour, an hour over an hour that their media just has to sit there and wait for him to go get showered, put on his suit. I mean, all, again, all that stuff is fine when you're winning, but they're not start, winning anymore. They're yeah, two and two. And, 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 uh, that, and then he's got to handle that. Cause that's, you know, some of the stuff we saw with Jimbo is once you start getting criticized for things and the media gets tired of you and that can lead to you bowing up and being defensive. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen when you start down that road. And I, I know this isn't Tiger headlines and we'll, we'll, we'll focus on Florida state, but it will be interesting what he does after this season, because they're probably in line. I think they're good. I think they're better than people realize. They're I think talented. that Duke game was an anomaly. I think they outplayed Duke in that game for a large portion of, they just did dumb things and had dumb things happen. Um, but they're probably they have a tough schedule. They might finish with eight wins this year. Maybe who knows. And then does he, does he look at himself and the way he's running this program and admit that he was wrong about the portal? Or does he double and triple down because he's not going to get fired? It's going to be really fascinating to see how he handles a, a, a dip. And this is a two dips in a row, really. But even last year, man, when they lost to South Carolina, I think they were number five in the country when they lost that game. Like they were yeah. still feeling riding high. And now they're two and two. They're probably looking at eight win season. Does he now reassess what he's done? Because look, man, 
I love what Norvell does. I know I love the culture. I love that he instills all this toughness. It also helps to have Keon Coleman. You won the game because you had a dude make a play that Pokey Wilson couldn't have made. Pokey Wilson's a homegrown kid, a lot of good moments. He's not making that catch. The special dudes make those plays, man. And so I wonder if Dabo will look at a mirror in the mirror at all and rectify it. Well, I, I think maybe he would change his opinion about the portal, but I will say this, I oddly in his defense, and I rip this guy all the time. If I'm him, I'm feeling pretty damn good about where this is headed. They're good. Their two linebackers are studs. Their defensive well, line leaving, is though. awesome. Their young receiver is very good. They have a good quarterback. Right. They can run the ball. Shipley's a stud. So's the other kid. They're fine. But their Shipley's leaving. Are, what? And the other kid's leaving. Well, yeah, they're, those they're, those guys are all juniors, so they can't yeah. Their linebackers are leaving, and their yeah. defensive linemen are leaving. Like, yeah. but you, you're go, not going to replace go them. They're good. Look, no, but go back and look who they have. They've got kids, dude. And look at the young players that played in this game. They've got dudes. They're plenty talented. Uh, yeah, but again, they're not. They're plenty talented to win eight games. Well, no. So listen, this is going to be a disappointing season for them, even if they went out because they lost twenty-eight to seven Duke, and they lost to us and ended a, a home win streak. Got it. But if you're projecting moving forward what they're going to be, they're going to be really good. Well, I guess I, I think they're good because their defense is awesome. But I think they lead, they lose most of the front seven that makes them awesome. Right. So my my question to you is: You just got done saying they're good. They are good. No, I'm talking about moving forward at 24 and 25. I don't I don't expect them to take a huge jump unless they replenish the ranks because they're losing some guys. Well, Some really big-time talent. I don't know who their backup linebackers are, but I can promise you they're not as good as Trotter. Well, they're definitely not, but they've also recruited that position exceptionally well. We'll see, yeah. won't we, Jeff? They might be in Tallahassee okay. next year. So That's I, how well they've been recruited. I'm going to say that the last 10 years have shown us that they've probably been pretty good. Yeah. I'm just going to guess that they've probably recruited pretty well. Probably. It is, but, but it is a fascinating you know, look at this sport and what it's become and the fact that you can do what Florida State has done – you can go out, and this was yeah. this was one of the things we we talked about during the offseason. As good as we felt about this team, you didn't know we didn't know for sure whether a team with a lot of guys that are older, 23, 22, 24 years old, right. more experienced, guys that developed late, could beat a team of four and five stars. And they did. Yeah. I mean, you know, they that's exactly what just happened, which is what we've seen, you know, we talked about. We we've used the comparison of in the NCAA tournament where you get those experienced teams right. yeah. that that make a run in the tournament because they've got all grown men playing against Duke's, you know, 17, 18 year olds. So to see that play out is pretty cool. And you would think it might make Dabo reconsider, oh, yeah. at yeah. least in spots, because without question. Yeah. I mean, without question. You know, I, I think there's no doubt you would look out there. You'd have to be a fool not to. I'm not making the case against what we're doing I, and or making the case for what Clemson's doing. I think you can do it both ways. And and, and I think you could you'd be a fool if you're Dabo Sweeney not to look out there and say, damn, that Keon Coleman's really good, but I would never take him. I mean, that's yeah. insane. I mean, that's you a ridiculous way to run your yeah. program. Yeah. And there was a perception. There was a time. I get it. There was a time when there was a perception that, you know, you you got you need guys in your program for three or four years and the culture and all that stuff, and that was true. I think to a degree, but we're also seeing that you know maybe it's because kids now don't even stay at the same high school for four years, and <laughs> AU players yeah. leave AU teams in the middle of a year. Like I, I don't. Maybe that's part of why you can bring in a Keon Coleman and he man. Feels looks like he adapted to the culture and is one with this team from day one. Like, so all the concerns I think Dabo had, I thought were valid, but they've been proven to be wrong. 
because all these teams with transfers are doing really well. And didn't we think that was a really big moment for Keon? Because let's be honest, he didn't start that game great either. He he yeah. dropped a pass uh, that would have been a first down pass. They threw a little screen to him just to say, hey, man, you're going to get a catch. I thought he went down way too easy on that play. Huh. And I'm like, oh, OK, this is what it's going to be, huh? You What are you going to tweet this week? Because, you know, I'm an old man and I'm cynical. He went out and made incredible plays. He is he is so good. So is the other guy that that is just a matchup nightmare for even teams with good cornerbacks. And, uh, you know, look, if Jaheim Bell doesn't get his arm, I didn't realize this at the time. The reason he tried to one arm the ball is because yeah, his other arm's getting yeah. pulled down. That that is an that is a great throw in a huge spot. And that's a 45 yard gain that gets and then instead it's third. I mean, it's a huge non-call, a huge missed call. And I thought Johnny and Keon both got tugged a few times. They're not going to call. But overall, man, Jaheim Bell's a weapon. And I know people are upset that the slot guys aren't getting the ball. And they got to figure out a way to do that. But holy moly, those three guys, it's not quite Kelvin, Rashad, and Kenny. But again, it's a reasonable facsimile, those two guys with Jaheim in the middle. Jaheim's just a, you know, he's not Kenny Shaw. They're completely different players. But, you know, he's on pace to have like, the, I think the tight ends are on pace to have 45 catches this year. That's that's pretty good for your slot guys. And they play the slot a lot. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Short segment here, and then we'll get to your questions in hour number two. I know there are a bevy of them we'll have to uh, address and look forward to doing so. I will say that uh, this buy could not have come at a better time. We all know that and yeah. they got to get healthy, but it's nice just to be able to exhale and kind of take a look back. I am curious to see uh, the way this team will play moving forward while they have won these four games and we should all be excited about that. Certainly. Uh, I, I can't help but think those coaches and those players have to know there's so much better in them. This is going to be fun if they can figure it out. I, I do wonder, uh, and I'll ask both of you this, because uh, I've said this a few times on my show and I've brought it up to you guys in the past. I'm just curious for your answers, honestly. Do you think at some point if they struggle to run, continue to struggle to run traditionally, that Mike will will adapt to that and say, screw it, we'll, we'll throw it 50 times a game? Because I actually think that could be successful. I think, they I think it would be awesome. Out. I'm sorry? I, I said I think it would be awesome. I, and, and if they do struggle to run it, yes. you. I don't know if he'll ever never have another team that has this quarterback with these weapons. Use yeah, it. I mean, it seems to me like that's the more efficient offense that they could run. Now, I know he doesn't want to do it from a philosophical standpoint. He doesn't want to do it. And he might have question marks about whether or not they could protect Jordan if they did do it. That's a fair question. Mm -hmm. I have some question marks about that as well. But I do think in terms of the talent on this team at those positions, tight end and wide receiver, man, I mean, that that would really – and they did some of it in the second half of LSU. But you, yeah. when they get to throwing the ball and spreading people out, it is really hard to stop Florida State. Yeah, I I, I guess part of it would depend on, like, is Jordan comfortable in that kind of an offense? Um, you know, where you, if you go empty all the time and, and you're – I mean, that, it would be a little bit different for him. Uh, maybe he would. But, no, I mean, there's no question the athletes are there. Um, on the other side of the ball, sorry to – switch the other side. I mean, Corey already addressed what you said. Um, I thought Norvell's comments today about the defense were pretty interesting. He said that the, that Clemson threw some things at them offensively in the first half of that game that they didn't expect. They hadn't shown on film and they basically decided at halftime, look, we have to be aggressive. 
we have to go at them and, and force this quarterback to make decisions, which I think every FSU fan that was watching and, uh, you know, media thought was the way to go. And it obviously paid off. But do you think that that also is something that becomes more of yes. a, uh, not just based on what the other team is doing? I think, I think so, right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that it sounded the way he said it is almost like it was a resolute, like it, he was resolute in it, like a resolution that like, you know what, we're not going to just rush four all the time because we have a good defensive line. We're going to try to confuse quarterbacks and we're going to try to confuse blocking backs and we're going to we're going to we're going to blitz guys from different angles. We're going to make the guy get rid of the ball quick and credit to Klubnik, man, their last touchdown. I think it's uh, oh, who hits him? Jari and Jones hits him on a blindside blitz as he's throwing the ball. And he still makes a really nice throw to that tight end. He's a half a second late, or that might have been a strip sack fumble, which that is one of my complaints. And I was complaining to Ira about it a little bit. You don't have to always start your blitzes 15 yards from the quarterback. Clemson blitzes guys standing at the line of scrimmage. You don't know which one's coming, but they got six guys standing there. Two of them are coming, two of them are backing up. Your blitzes, why very, very well disguised. Part of the reason they're so well disguised is because they come from so far away. Jari and Jones got there a half second late. They scored a touchdown. Kalen Deloge got there right on time. Florida State scored a touchdown. That's the difference in uh, the two, I guess. Well, and they are. I mean, they're disguised intentionally. The idea is like like on that play, the idea idea on that play is that the running back's not going to worry. Right. They're they're mad that the running back blew the protection. Yeah, man, of course he didn't see that coming. How would he? Nobody blitzes from there ever. Well, delayed blitzes are a thing. Uh, and Florida State utilized them there. I see your point, Corey, and I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying delayed blitz is all. Yeah, they just seem like from that far away seem a little bit. You don't see that a ton. I wanted to ask you guys this, though. If Braden Fist picks up the fumble, does he score? So Patrick Payton said that we talked to Patrick Payton today, and people can watch that video up on the channel. But he he said that's been a debate in the team (laughs) is whether or not he would score. And – Patrick Payton, standing up for his guy, says that he thinks any of them would have scored because all Clemson's receivers were running the other way. Yeah. And they just had basically a quarterback and, you know, they've got a convoy. So he probably still scored. He would have had to have been caught by an offensive lineman, right? Yeah. Or Klubnik would have had to cut dart in. But I feel like he had a convoy in front of him that would have made it really hard on Klubnik. Convoy means the answer is yes, but I will tell you, I was relieved when it went to Deloach. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It took, it scored felt- quicker. Yeah, felt, felt much better about that situation once it was him uh, who seized control of the football. By the way, I Fisk also, is an animal, man. Fisk yeah. is a beast. He's yeah. one of the best players on the team. Yeah. I also, and, you know, again, part of, I, maybe this just shows I have a, a, a dark heart, but I kind of was surprised that nobody went after Klubnik. Like, hey, man, <laughs> you're going to run you're gonna run 40 yards down here. Yeah. Like maybe somebody peels off and uh, takes a shot. Because, look, man, that's the, you know, that's, we saw what happened to Ponder. We've seen it happen to other quarterbacks. It's football, but, baby. Yeah. 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 Once you start chasing down a play, like you're going to make a tackle, you know. Well, you yeah, might, man. DeAndre you McDaniel find out was what on you the, want. They were honoring DeAndre yeah. McDaniel before the game because he was inducted right. in their Hall of Fame, and he separated Ponder's shoulder on an right. interception right. return. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But he wasn't blocking. He actually just trucked Ponder with the ball. Right. So that's a little different. But yeah. Any opportunity you have to hit a quarterback, yeah. you try to take it. Right. And it's I. Legal. My thought was always, if I could hit a quarterback, I wanted to hurt him. I was trying to hurt him. All right. You have a dark heart, too. No, I played football. That's what it is. And, yeah, and, and people exactly say right. they people will say the right thing to the press. Oh, I didn't want him to get hurt. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> football. It's a tough game. Uh, hour number two, headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with.